Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, we live our pods a quarter recording at a time. Nothing else matters. Not the beer selection, not the hangovers, not the specter of upcoming pods with terrible Bruce Willis movies and his bullshit. For the next two and a half hours or less, hopefully, we are free. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Good evening, or good day, depending on when you're listening, and thank you for joining us for the 118th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. Tonight, in our final installment of Hops and Fantasy Flops, we will be discussing the recently released F9, The Fast Saga. Of course, this movie is definitely not a flop, but it works in nicely for our fantasy theme uh, and the desire to do more recently released movies a la Mortal Kombat. As usual, and following the format of the Fast movies, our typical cast and crew is here tonight. We are slightly limited, but we do have uh, the Thunderous Wizard. Nothing is stronger than family. And Chumpzilla. Howdy. How's everybody doing? I'm calling in from Texas, folks. Howdy, howdy, howdy. When you got off the plane, do you get your complimentary uh, cowboy boots and hat, or is that not, they don't do that anymore? Nope. They hand you a bottle of Jack Daniels and a six-shooter. And say, welcome to Texas. Yeehaw! Yeah, Texas works too. Uh, points of order before we begin. We, of course, are brought to you by Wobam Entertainment, the internet cafe for all the latest and greatest and nerd stuff. Uh, check us out there at wobamentertainment.com. That's spelled W-O-B-A-M entertainment.com. Uh, you can also find the pod on all social media outlets at Hops and B.O. Flops. If you do have time, seek us out and drop us a line on what movies we have not done yet. I'm sure we have... Plenty of more flops to work our way through, but we always like recommendations. When I'm not activating my car's wings and flying away, you can find me at HBOF McCheese on the Twitter. Uh, Chumpzilla, where can you be fine when you aren't planning to steal the nuclear football or Declaration of Independence or whatever ridiculous shit this franchise needs next? You can find me cruising into space in my Pontiac Fiero on Twitter at Chumpzilla8. And T-Dubs, where can the listener find you when you're not piloting a nuclear-powered El Camino to the center of the Earth? Well, usually I'm testing that Fiero uh, on a jet pad with my friend Little Bow Wow, and it doesn't go well very often, so good luck. Yeah, I did not uh, see that coming, the Little Bow Wow angle. Um, Obviously, at the time of this recording, F9 is still in theaters, and T-Dubs, fill me in, you know better than most of us. I don't see this being one of the ones that makes a jump to streaming, uh, but it's probably all based on when it starts to lose box office steams. What do you think? Yeah, Universal, not that I know, doesn't have any like limited windows in place, and this movie's still doing fairly well. I think it's, it's almost at $600 million worldwide now. So you can probably check it out at home in the next two and a half months, but really you should see it because it's incredible. I think it's fair to say the audience for this movie is more concerned with cold Corona than catching Corona. So yeah, it'll probably stay in theaters for a while. True. And now theaters are opening back up. No, not enough. I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, I, I'll give this movie credit. I hadn't seen a lot of the Fast movies, but I didn't feel like I was missing a whole lot. I feel like it would have meant more if I was more up to date with the franchise, but it was still like, you know, you know what you're getting out of this out of this franchise at this point. It was over the top. There was lots of crazy car scenes. It was pretty standard Fast and the Furious fare. That is true. I mean, there are a bunch of tie-ins we'll get into, but you really don't need to see any of the other movies before you see this because it is just... A popcorn smash them up uh it is much more enjoyable if you're drinking beer during it i will say that and tonight's beer is an obvious choice it's corona uh because that's all they drink in the fast franchise do we need to do a beer review for this it's corona everyone's drank a corona uh, the only thing i would say is that a corona is always better ice cold and with a lime t-dubs you want to weigh in do you want to rank it it's corona uh tastes like family <laughs> god damn um, wow Okay. I've got one question, McCheese and T-Dubs. Maybe you guys can help me out here. This is kind of like a beer urban legend as far as I can tell. I've always heard they purposely skunk Corona. Uh, so by the time it gets to the U.S., it all tastes the same. Like it has a uniform taste. I mean, I'm a huge Corona fan, so I just think that's just how it tastes. <laughs> I, I, always, I always heard they conspiracy. like... I always thought like they warmed it up, you know, after cooling it and then they warm it back up and then they ship it to the U.S. Like allegedly it tastes better in Mexico because they haven't skunked it, but I have no clue. I mean, I've had. I, could, I know these beers are definitely more sensitive into clear bottles. I do know that. Yeah. I mean, I've had a Corona in Mexico and it tastes about the same, especially yeah. when you dump lime into it. I mean, it, sounds like an all, urban legend. And out of all the light summary beers is your go-to Corona. I know there's like knockoffs, land shark, uh, I can't remember a couple of the other ones. I would say probably Corona is the go-to for me. I didn't know if anyone else has an opinion. No, I'm with you there because there are several like fake, I don't know what you can call this, like a light Mexican lager kind of beers that, yeah, they're like Corona-like, but there's something distinct about the flavor of an ice-cold Corona with a lime in it. That is a fact. Yeah, I mean, it it is a pool slash beach beer. That's all you need it for. <laughs> yeah, and I would say Corona's relatively harmless um not super strong so i could watch three fast and the furious movies while talking about family a ridiculous <laughs> amount and drinking coronas get yourself a nice 24 rack of corona cans and go for broke yeah here here thunderous wizard i wholeheartedly agree with that this is definitely a three fast and the furious movie beer and you can get them in almost every variety you can get a corona 40 bottle you can get a corona corona 24 ounce can you can get them in just about every variety that beer is served you can get in the little seven ounce bottles for packing in your lunch yeah, yeah, yeah. what like the uh, little kings one might say it's sort of a beer family <laughs> hey don't forget isn't there like a corona like familia or something like that it comes with like the tan label i think so so okay. Listener, I'm going to have to do it to you. Anytime the T-dubs or the rest of us say family for the rest of the pod, you have to drink. And we'll drink too. So to switch it up for the night, um, we're going to not go directly to casting crew. We're going to go through a little bit of the fast history. And, um, and we'll skip the tale of tape. We'll do a recap of all the fast movies quickly, how they did in theaters. And then I'm going to give them loose titles based off of the Friends format, the blah, blah, blah. And that's mainly for Thunder's Wizard and his love for the Friends uh, TV show. So obviously the start is the Fast and the Furious. This is the original one with undercover Paul Walker. Budget 38 mil brought in 206. So 
you kind of know from the beginning <laughs> they're hitting something right on the head. Then we move to Too Fast, Too Furious, which sounds like a rap album. Um, that's now the bad guys are the good guys. Budget $76 million, brought in again another 200 plus. Now, hold on here, McGee. I just want to jump in. This is the classic movie sequel blunder. They double the budget, but only managed to match the box office. But somehow this franchise managed to survive. Um, yeah, but the big blunder is that you lose the actual star. Paul Walker's not the star of the Fast and the Furious. I like Paul Walker, but he is certainly the Robin to Big Vinny's Batman. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and let's let's not go too far down that rabbit hole because I have questions uh, in the trivia relating to that. After Too Fast, we move on to Tokyo Drift. That's the one with Han and drifting. Budget 85 brought in 157. So to Chumpzilla's point, still kind of on the downward slope, but it's making double its budget, which no one's ever going to turn that down. Yeah, and so I'll say this is the movie with Lil Bow Wow and Lucas Black, two of the three guys. I uh, I guess the other guy might be in it too. I don't. I didn't remember him. He's on that show Warrior, but uh, Bow Wow went to school with Lucas Black, who moved to Tokyo. It's a whole thing. The only reason the franchise survives though is because at the very end of the movie, in the after credit scene, Vin Diesel shows up, and it's like, oh shit, he's back. Because not a lot of people like Tokyo Drift. I think it's way better than the second one, but that's just me. At the time, it was not well received. Um, they kind of saw it as jumping the shark. And, uh, you know, I was kind of surprised when, like, because I didn't see this one. Because um, after the second one, I was like, Ugh, whatever. Not a big fan. But I do remember the buzz. There was there was buzz about Vin Diesel showing up in this movie. Because I think people finally remember his, his character from the first movie. And as T-Dubs pointed out, he kind of was the star. I never actually saw Tokyo Drift. I saw the first two and then skipped back on. So, it, you know, there was a drop-off. But again, you're making twice the budget you're going to keep making them especially now that you've wrote back in the main star so the fourth iteration is fast and the furious hey look they dropped the the from the title this is the one where letty gets murdered uh budget 85 million brought in 359 so clearly <laughs> back on track uh character murder big theme in the fast movies also the murders are never real but we'll, we'll touch <laughs> on that more later uh, don't worry it comes right back in here in about three movies so after that, this is where we really get out of control. Fast Five, the one where The Rock shows up, and this is, in my opinion, where the feasibility of all the stunts goes off the rails, and so does the overall box office take. This one, 125 budget, brought in 630. Yeah, that's a huge course correction over those last two movies. Yeah, and we get into it, but this is where uh, the – the director is it justin or james lynn justin lynn right justin lynn this is where i think he comes back on for two movies um after fast five fast and the furious six because um naming these things is super challenging this is the one where Liddy isn't dead anymore budget 160 brought in 789 fast seven one where jason statham shows up and holy shit budget 190 brings in 1.5 billion <laughs> It should be known that this is the the Paul Walker unfortunate passing uh, film that they had to then basically finish with. They his used brother. his brother and uh, 
CGI to finish. So that's why it's the biggest budget. It was like the big goodbye to Paul Walker's character. Well, it was the biggest so far. The next one, The Fate. Get it? Hold on. Hold on. And on that note, I'm going to crack a Corona to Paul Walker. True. We'll pour one out for Paul Walker. The next one, The Fate. Get it? F8. Fate. (laughs) Of the Furious. Hey, look, it's Charlie Theron. Budget 250 brought in 1.2 billion. Um, and that brings us to this movie, F9. Hold on, hold on. Go ahead. How was that not titled The Fast and the Furiosa? Yeah, that's not bad too, but actually, I, I, I like that. That's like a nice crossover event. If she was more Furiosa, um, then I would appreciate it more. I do yes. like this the stupid F8 fate nonsense because yeah. <laughs> It if works was, too. If she was more Furiosa and less the plague from hackers, that's <laughs> essentially her character. Uh, I'm sorry, Furiosa is my slave name. Um, wait a minute. So, did she have the really bad simple Jack haircut in this one too? No, no. In this no. one, she looked okay. normal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That'll come up later. Never mind. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of actually bummed that Uncle Beef couldn't join us tonight because when she shows up, he just started furiously Googling that haircut to compare it to. And it's not only uh, Simple Jack, but I think there's also a character from The Office that has that same haircut. And he's just holding up his phone in the theater like, look, look, it's her haircut. Like, you got to stop. We're going to get kicked out of here. <laughs> uh, I've re- seen many an Amish boy with that haircut as well. <laughs> Why are you seeing many an Amish boy? <laughs> you know rural ohio we had uh we had uh, amish and uh german baptists and uh, there were some bad haircuts anyway moving on All right. that brings us to f9 which like uh, t-dub said earlier budget reported 250 not um officially published but so far i think they were up to 600 million so when you run those numbers the overall money spent on this franchise is 1.25 billion with a box take of almost 6 billion at this point. Um also there was the Hobbs and Shaw spin-off that was a budget of 2 million and brought in 760. So these things clean up. Wait, 2 million or 20 or 200 million? Hobbs and Shaw was 200 mil brought in 200 seven, mil. brought in 760. Still solid, very solid for a spinoff. Yeah, it's the fucking Rock and Jason Statham. I mean, and the fast name, so it's almost impossible to not make money. That is printing money, folks. That is printing money. Um, but let's do go through the cast and crew of this one. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, it was directed by Justin Lin, who took over directing duties at Tokyo Drift and then came back on, I want to say, at Fast Five. Uh, and then he jumped off i think i read a story that he said he didn't want to get into um recreating the same kind of director style so he wanted to hand it over for a couple movies and then he came back on for this one so uh put whoever you want as long as they're a decent director apparently they can just knock these things out um cast includes damn near everyone from all the previous movies we don't need to spend a lot of time or give them nicknames so we'll run through them quickly chime in if you want to we obviously have the diesel john cena michelle rodriguez Charlie Theron, Helen Mirren, Jordana Brewster, Tyrese, Ludacris. Uh, T-Dubs, correct me if I'm wrong, Soon Kang, is that right? Yes. Also, returnee, because he's in Bullet to the Head. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, That is Han, obviously. Uh, the chick who plays Ramsey, her name is Nathan Lee, Nathan Lee, Natalie, maybe she's, Emmanuel. Uh, she's British. She's, uh... 
Dana Reeves' sp- uh, buddy on Game of Thrones. They don't spell shit right. Uh, they have a new bad guy, Thu Erstad Ramusin, who daddy issues anyone. Also, Kurt Russell and Little Bow Wow. And I will go down as the first person in history to say that sentence. Kurt Russell and Little Bow Wow, everyone. Uh, there's also some other familiar fast wait, faces wait for in a special. Big Trouble and Little Bow Wow. I don't, that sounds almost like too much of a porn title. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to see a big triple little bow wow movie. Dude, we, we gave Chumpzilla a dap for the fucking corona joke, and I'm getting frozen out on a big trouble joke, a little mix up. <laughs> no. When you say when you say in little bow wow makes it sound bad. That's the thing. Maybe maybe he's just having tummy issues. Maybe he has a sensitive tum tum like the thunderous wizard. That's true. Um I as I was saying, there are other familiar fast faces and another special appearance in the end credit scene, but we'll save that for the plot summary. Um, one-liners. IMDb is back with its shitty one-liners. They have this movie listed as Cypher, which Charlie Theron's character, enlists the help of Jacob, Dom's younger brother, to take revenge on Dom and his team. Nope, not even close. Not accurate at all. <laughs> the main plot of this movie is, again, a heist movie that they have to stop. Not a full revenge movie. Um that comes in later, but not even close. It's really barely a revenge movie. It's more like, acknowledge me. No, it's it's a, I, how can we work these characters back in? I'm better and why, than you. And why is Chilise Theron's character named like a bad guy from a Metal Gear game? Because she is a bad guy from a Metal Gear game. <laughs> true, oh. true. Oh, okay, <laughs> I suppose. Who, who is she affiliated with? herself she's an international terrorist dude yeah if she shows up oh. in what is it fast seven and she's she basically... oh, okay she's in fast eight and we have to awkwardly watch her kiss vin diesel it's it's not great yeah she, <laughs> she, she, you know vin diesel had that written to his contract well, and my character's got to kiss Charlize. it's got to be in there i mean after after his work with the the dame judy dench do you think he's not just pulling in all sorts of female actors that's how he got helen mirren for this movie yeah she saw chronicles of riddick and she's like yeah yeah old british women love vin diesel apparently she got into this movie because she was on an interview of people asking her what she wants to star in and she jokingly say i want to do a fast movie and they were like all right we'll write you in come on she's uh that's awesome her character is the mother of Jason Statham and Bard the Bowman, Luke Evans, who they were brothers and uh, they apparently killed Han. Just kidding. <laughs> you can't kill Han. He's invincible. Yeah, he's unkillable. Um, you guys want to do your one-liners first? Mine is, uh, you know, no, yeah, you go. Uh, why don't you go, T-Dubs? What do you got? So imagine adding a secret brother that was <laughs> that we never knew existed a whole bunch of magnets that defy the laws of science and, and space. Magnets. And then imagine me giving a shit. I don't. It's amazing and I love it. <laughs> Jumpzilla. All right. My one-liner is Fast and the Furious 9, colon, Pontiac Fieros in space. Nice. Nailed it. Uh, mine is what happens when you take an insanely high grossing franchise and decide to even go more full bonkers, which we love on this pod, pretty much fast nine, which makes me even more excited for whatever fast 10 is going to end up being. 
Oh, I really hope they actually do the crossover with the Jurassic Park movies and Vin Diesel rides up a T-Rex's tail and is like, nothing stronger than family, and then shoots him in the face with his shotgun from way too far away, but it'll work because he's Vin Diesel. Well, what you're missing is that <laughs> the T-Rex is actually going to be Jordana Brewster's bastard child, and they bring him back into the family. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Dom, how could you not tell me about Denver, the last dinosaur that was also your brother? (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't your secret to know, Letty. Mm -hmm. This writes itself. I mean, somebody somebody get Universal on the phone. I do want to see the writer's room during the... (laughs) I do want to be in the writer's room during these movies and we're like, all right, well, what do we do next? I don't know. Launch a car off the moon. Fuck it. (laughs) I'm pretty sure these writer rooms are just filled with Doritos and like empty monster cans. Yeah. Hey Dom, Dom, if the moon was made of gravel, would you drive off it? I know I would. It's me, Eric (laughs) Harry. Oh God. There's the crossover we're all looking for. Harry Harry and Dom Toretto. (laughs) Somebody get Will Ferrell on the phone. (laughs) All right. Let's, uh, let's quarter mile our way through this plot summary. So picture it. Dom and Letty have retired, again, I think they've retired every movie, to a quiet life on Hawkeye's farm. That is, until (laughs) Roman and Trey show up, and they've got a job. Mr. Nobody, Kurt Russell's plane has gone down, and it was carrying something potentially disastrous for the world if it fell into the wrong hands. Sound familiar? Because we've done this several times, I think, in the other Fast movies, but fuck it. Is Uh, it Broken Arrow? Whatever. No, it's the other fast movies where they they essentially have to save the world or heist something. I think that's yeah. pretty much from Tokyo Drift on has been it's, every single It's plot like point. the last three movies. Dom, what are you doing here? How'd you find me? We need you. I'm done with that life. Are you? <laughs> no, let's go. No, he's always done until they're like, but we found your uncle. And he's like, not my uncle. <laughs> Dom, how could you never tell us that your dad was actually a talking car like a Knight Rider? <laughs> His dad's his dad is Lightning McQueen. Ciao. <laughs> uh, okay, so insanity ensues. A key to which is the reappearance of Dom's long lost brother Jacob, spelled with a K, by the way, just so everyone knows. Jacob, Jacob, who literally didn't exist until the Fast movie stretches as much of their existing plot threads to the breaking point that they needed a new foil, is a secret spy. And Jesus Christ, did John Cena look? Like, I don't know, maybe it's because I haven't seen John Cena on the big screen in a while, but does it seem like his face is just getting more and more of a caricature of John Cena? It's called human growth hormone, and yes. <laughs> yes, now he is the cartoon version of John Cena where all his features are accentuated to like an absurd degree. And like, this is fast forwarding way later in the movie, but he gives someone tiny, so I don't give it away, um, a hug and you see the size of his arms and hands. And I'm like, good God. <laughs> now that's totally normal in the middle of your life. Your extremities just to get bigger in weird places. <laughs> yes. Totally normal. How do you Stop, buy how shirts? Could you never, how could you never tell us that your brother wears shorts everywhere? <laughs> well, I mean, to see him. You can't see him. <laughs> So Jacob, the super secret spy, is uh, clearly hell-bent on world domination and proving to his big brother Dom, and now a more awesome spy, that he's the best of the people he used to drive fast in street races, but now somehow works for the shady underground and also still drives very fast. There's a theme going here. 
lots of fast driving. Mm. Also, did mm-hmm. half these cars even exist? The one that Dom drives in the movie looks like it's fake, completely fake. Dude. Yeah. No. Well, it's it's like it's clearly a, a heavily modded uh, a heavily modded uh, ch- Challenger. Challenger. I think it's a Hellcat. I think it's a Hellcat, and they put the engine in the back and made it look even more. It's like if you took the slider bar and put it towards the Batmobile, but you notched it down just a little more towards reality is what that friggin' car looks like. Never and it's also it's also seemingly indestructible. Oh, no, well, again, nothing uh, bad can happen to these people. Yeah, that's sort of like, you know, whatever. Cars can't, they either blow up and still run at full speed or don't get dangerous. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll probably get to it later, but that's one of the things that I struggle with. These stunts are pretty amazing. Some of the visuals are pretty cool. I mean, just from a pure action movie popcorn standpoint. But there are parts of this where they're like battling against giant armored vehicles and it completely transcends reality. It just turns into like a game of twisted metal. Again, uh, this yeah. is why it's this is why it's included in our fantasy month because this is not based yeah, in exactly. reality anymore. Sometimes I feel like they saw that Taskmaster would be driving an armored thing in Black Widow, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're ours is going to be two hundred fucking feet long." So now what? Well, <laughs> like, now what do you to, got? To be fair, we already got that kind of in Deadpool. Yeah. Too. Yeah, but, but this one's uh, super long. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like super way long. longer than yours, Disney. Suck yeah. It. Let's see who's got a longer armored car. And again, listen. It's kind of long, like family. Drink. And again, listener, there's so much here we're trying to leave out in case you actually want to see this movie, all 12 of you. But there's several scenes where you're like, oh, he's dead. And then 30 seconds later, it's a joke where he's like, man, that missed me by it. Inches. (laughs) And even to the point where Tyrese's character gives a whole monologue about how they cannot die and everyone's laughing at him. And me in the theater's like, no, this is the movie. This is why I love these movies. They're indestructible people. And it, I have and to admit, that was a surprising wing to the audience. I enjoyed that. The movie's very self-aware at this point. Like they understand. They've made eleven when, of them if you count. Yeah. Uh, if you count Tokyo and uh, Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> when Vin Diesel's car is swinging on a vine like Tarzan across a chasm. <laughs> Literally in the theater, I go more rope swinging. <laughs> oh, they're like, oh, of course he'd do that. I mean, why wouldn't he activate the rope swinging segment? <laughs> no, he, uh, all yeah. he did was drive his car at the rope, knowing that the rope was going to wrap around his car's wheel in the right way to fling him to the other side of the country, to a mm-hmm. different country, actually, yep. out of the jurisdiction of helicopters who probably wouldn't give a shit and would have blown him up anyways. But no, 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 no. Terrorist organizations always, and I repeat, always respect international borders. That's a fact. They have a uh, pretty strict rules, but anyways, the what Jacob's actually after is he wants to steal uh, components to a satellite that will allow him to do some evil shit. Despite Dom, his brother, who beat him in a street race when they were kids, and then banished him and stuff and whatever, some stuff about their dad. Uh, it's all very convoluted, but only an asshole would care about that because it's so much fun. The car chases are uh, just ridiculous and incredible as usual they use magnets like we mentioned earlier in ways that i'm pretty sure magnets don't operate uh and the whole movie i would say 45 percent of the movie is magnet based and as chumzilla there's a lot said, of magnets <laughs> oh there's a lot of magnets and as chumzilla said they send a fiero to space space fiero god damn it it's awesome which is one of the better scenes in the movie because I actually enjoyed the interaction between uh, Ludacris and Tyrese. 
They had great comedy together. That's a great duo. Like that's better than any of the banter and stuff we got in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like that's what I wanted out of that sh- that show, that series. And we got it here in just a handful of scenes with those two and, and their trip to space. But yeah, I just got to point out again, those magnets, they installed them in all the cars and somehow these magnets can like yank giant vehicles, but they're not just collapsing the metal cars they're housed in. I'm, don't ask, don't ask questions. Why does it just rip the engine right out of the engine compartment? It's moving things from 20 feet away. Why isn't it just collapsing the vehicle itself it's housed in? Uh, so what I'm really trying to say here, folks, is that the, uh, insane clown posse were the science advisors on this movie because when the question was asked magnets how do they work and they're like fuck if i know but they move shit and that's pretty much the logic in the movie there's also a point where they're in the super secret base with the magnet wall and the hand is on the (laughs) dial and i'm sitting there like turn it on all the bad guys have guns and they're just sitting there nope they don't turn it on they get all their shit stolen and half the people get have you know kidnapped or assaulted and then ludicrous is like oh shit magnet wall turns it on <laughs> what the fuck here's here's my one counterpoint to the cars like collapsing in on themselves vin diesel's presence is so magnetic that it works Ooh. as like a natural opposite to the magnets of the car so he's safe he's preserving himself so okay so Vin's safe but then michelle rodriguez is totally toasting right well she Family. gets magnetism by proxy Family. And family. Okay. Family. Family. Drink. Yeah. So we would divulge more, but the movie is pretty much brand new. And you, you know, if you like any of the fast movies, you should see it. Or if you just want a popcorn movie, this is a perfect popcorn movie. It is long, but whatever. Uh, the narrative jujitsu here is unreal. Some of the conversations, huh, uh, they do reach way back if you're a huge fast fam. Uh, they work in the original film, they work in. Uh, Dom's time in the clink when he even mentions in the original movie why he went they somehow managed to get that back into this that scene yep that story which is like you know like oh but he's a criminal Brian you know he went to jail for beating this guy with a wrench it's like that that is in this movie that's how that that is that is in the original movie and they worked it into this movie um and somehow worked in Jacob uh it's quite impressive when you think about the catalog of how many movies they've done to actually make it, you know, it's probably not perfect. You can go through and nitpick it if you want to, but casual viewers like me and T-Dubs and even Uncle Beef were like, oh shit, that's from the earlier movie. Cool. They, they brought that back in. I mean, some of it, yeah, definitely way over the top, but some of it, nice little tie-ins. Um, not sure if the myriad of flashbacks was necessary, but you got to fill, what was it, two and a half hours? So here we are. <laughs> Yeah, if they um, cut like three of those and you cut like 15 minutes out of the movie, it's even better than it already was. But I don't really, I didn't really care. Like they didn't bug me, but there's a lot of flashbacks. There's like that to make it like even have a semblance of sense that all of a sudden he has a secret brother who also happens to be a spy was like a huge stretch. But I was like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> there yeah. was some stuff in there too where that like, during the flashbacks, and I don't know if this will ever come out or if it was just me and Uncle Beef a couple beers deep, like the voices that the young versions of them had sound like it was some dubbed over recording of Vin Diesel's voice and whoever that actor was to try to make him sound more Vin Diesel-y, which was a little confusing and off-putting, but maybe I'm overthinking it. I wasn't really sure. Uh, well, no, I think you're hitting on something there that that for me was the big issue with the flashback scenes, and that's that 
neither of those actors particularly look like the characters they're supposed to be portraying. And I can't tell if they did too much or not enough CGI to try to, to correct that. Uh, I guess what I'm really trying to say is they clearly did not have the Marvel de-aging technology for those scenes because those char- the, the representations of the past characters just really weren't great. Yeah, but um, when you're... Sp- when you're yeah. spending $150 million smashing actual cars through actual sets, then who gives a shit what the past people look like? Yeah, so say, another, another uh, reason to cut it, in my opinion, it's like, yeah, this doesn't really look great, so why use it? Uh, because if this movie, the other thing that, that I thought could go, the flashbacks, not great, maybe reduce them. Uh, but they spend a lot of time sitting around in like conference rooms of like bases talking. And it it's just like uh, the talking parts didn't really matter to the movie. Just they need a quick cut of like Vin Diesel barking in order and making decisions and cut back to action and we're good. Yeah, you're, you're right on both. You do need the flashbacks just because you have to make the brother thing semi-plausible. Um, sure. I, I appreciate they use real actors because when they do the de-aging bullshit, they never credit the person playing the role. Uh, because it's not obviously a young Robert Downey Jr. That's a green screen effect um and no i don't really think they did anything with those actors at all because the one kid was on peaky blinders jacob young jacob and he's also on that tnt show animal kingdom and that's uh, basically what it looks like I mean, um, we mainly noticed it on whoever young vin diesel was because the voice sounds a little bit too much like vin diesel which is a voice that's almost impossible to mimic i'm just shocked vin diesel just didn't say I still look young. I'll just play myself. Family. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> He's, he literally just does the thing where he puts his tennis shoes on his knees and he walks around <laughs> the set like that. Dwarf style. <laughs> uh, hey, you so, know what? You know, that worked for Gary Oldman and uh, Tippy Toes. Anyways, go for the cars, stay for the cars, and giggle with glee as Vin Diesel defies every law of science with his ridiculous escapades he's literally now just become a bald god who loves coronas timberlands with lifts and issues to make him slightly taller and white t-shirts who needs physics when you got family no No, come for the cards stay for the family he's a literal god there's a scene where he collapses the underground bunker which must have cost millions upon millions of dollars simply by grabbing onto some scaffolding he is a god. He breaks a man's back over a piece of steel. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. He gives him. He gives that henchman a, a straight up atomic backbreaker. Uh, oh, I wanted to say earlier, Chumzilla, if you wanted more car smash em ups and you haven't seen it since you're not as in tune with the Fast series, go get Fast Seven because that's the one where they were just like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> is that is that what the the one where they put the car through the building? Yes, the Burj Khalifa. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and that the buildings they do. Something. I think I'm pretty sure Fast Seven. I have a question on it. Well, I have Some a building. list on it later. <laughs> yeah, in Fast Seven, they start jumping cars between skyscrapers. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. also the one, the one where the Rock shoots down a helicopter with a Gatling gun that he rips off like a like a combat vehicle. Or no, he rips it off the helicopter and kills. Him. Either way, he's got a Gatling gun that's meant for a machine, but he is a machine. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, no, mm-hmm. so all right, the re- putting that in my notes, fast seven. The real question 
Well, I mean, you're in a hotel room. You can probably get that shit for free. I mean, just go up on their like free movie schedule and see if they got Fast 7 just going for you. take one of my movie passes. I'll loan you 5, 6, and 7. 5 is one of the greatest action movies ever made. 6 in- involves a doomsday device on a plane with Vin Diesel and The Rock. Come on. <laughs> and 7, of course, has just all sorts of great shit. And it will make you cry like a baby because the send-off to Paul Walker is so sad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so how many how many beers? How many beers do you need to enjoy this? I'll start with T Dubs. Zero, but drink six because it's two and a half hours. You'll have a blast. I know that this is not the best fast movie. Is it a lot of fun? Yes. Uh, am I excited to see 10 11? Oh hell yes. You will love it. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll call your family afterwards to tell them about it. Family. Six beers or no beers doesn't matter. It's so much fun. Jumpy. Is the 10th one going to be Fast 10, The Furious? How could we work a 10 in? My title was Fast it 10. because the lore of the movie is he always wants a 10-second car, and so I think it should be called Fast 10-second car. <laughs> I think this is the one I think this is the one where Vin Diesel gets beyond his midlife crisis, and it's called Intermittent Fast 10. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, actually, by this point, how old's Diesel going to be? It might be like Fast Ten, you know, Rascal Scooter Racing. Yeah, nine volt, Fast Ten volt, Rascal. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be like almost sixty by the time they wrap these up. There's some so. scenes in this. There's some scenes in this one where you're like, "Ooh, Diesel is looking. He's looking old." <laughs> and then at the same time, like the scene you said, where he rips down the entire. Uh, luke skywalker random silo and you're like okay i guess he's just going for it sometimes it's really fun when you're watching action movies like this to determine which scenes they shot like first when the person was in like incredible shape so they could get the pictures to like give the press and then like which scenes were shot later because like oh they've been shooting for five weeks and he's been eating cheeseburgers (laughs) on the rig I feel like uh, the end. I feel like the end scene. Oh well, there's two things we forgot to mention. I'll get them after the beers. I feel like the end scene where they always have their barbecue is just how Vin Diesel ended every day on set, where he's just got a big old tub of Corona and he's cooking out ribs. Like, his, uh, everyone gonna come yeah. over to my trailer? Come on. His trailer was just right behind that. It's like he just comes <laughs> out, has lunch. Hey, family dinner, Vin. For Pete's sake, Drink. it's three a.m. Vin, we have to start shooting tomorrow at 4.45 and you'd be like, who needs sleep when you have family? Yeah, uh, beer ratings. Chumpzilla gives Fast 9, or I'm sorry, F9. I'll give it four generally fun beers. I mean, if you don't think about it too hard, it's a blast to watch and you don't really need to understand the plot because cars go vroom, cars go to space, cars go smash. And uh, they have a cookout with Corona at the end. It's it's a pretty standard formula. It's uh it's a good time. Two and a half hours though. They probably got a little self indulgent. They should have tightened it up. So four beers. I agree. I'm giving. I'm going with T Dubs here. It, it's a zero for me on need beers, but it's definitely way more uh, fun and enjoyable when you're drinking. Uh, but I would not need to drink to rewatch this whenever it comes out on video uh enjoyments i'd say at the minimum six but you're going to want to have two pre-game beers and that's only because that's what me and uncle beef were forced to do because our stupid theater wouldn't open its bar on sunday so we left and missed the first 10 minutes of the movie so we could chug two beers and then come back 
and have four beers during the movie. Actually, you know what? It's a pretty long movie, like Chumpy said. So you're you're gonna want to do six during the movie with two before, making a total of eight, which is not on our scale. But like this movie, I don't give a shit. I'm giving it an eight. And then pound one more at the end and make it an even nine. Four Family. Nine. All Three. right. Before we get into our questions and thoughts and all the other shit and trivia, let's take a break. Uh, go hear from our buddies at the Double Turn Podcast, and then we'll come back and get right back into it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to the 118th episode of Hops and Box Office Slops, brought to you by WoBamEntertainment.com. Don't think you need a reminder, but just in case, we are doing F9, which, what is the dumb tag along? The Fast Saga. Um, so, not financially, but personally, is this the best franchise ever? You know, obviously, Captain Cash were here, he would... He's out. He's not on the pod. He's not allowed to say MCU. If Chump uh, wants to pick that one, he's allowed to. But what what are you picking? Like, I'll clearly acknowledge the MCU is a a feat that will probably never be replicated except by themselves. But I will say, I look way more forward to a new Fast and the Furious movie than I do to the majority of new MCU entries because a lot of them feel super formulaic. And even though so does this, we're not getting four per year. So, like tentpole marvel films like big films it's like oh i'm excited about that but i can tell you this like i had no desire to see black widow on a big screen and i'm really glad i didn't because it wasn't worth it but this definitely was so this is one of my favorite ongoing franchises and obviously also one of the most successful long-term franchise i i think james bond is probably my favorite of something like that but this is up there i love the fast movies you know i'm not a huge fan um I did see the first two movies and uh, it, it was a kind of a, a thing uh, when they came out. Um, so it's kind of cool to see how this franchise has developed from like relatively meager beginnings to like sending cars to space and jumping through skyscrapers and fighting helicopters and submarines. Um, it's pretty wild. Uh, but you know, when you talk about franchise, I think we kind of forget, like I wouldn't put this up with Indiana Jones. Um, I wouldn't, put this up with you know star wars uh you know some of those older franchises um and i think you know fantasy fans since it is fantasy month i don't think people would necessarily compare this to the lord of the rings um franchise or harry potter um but i probably it's probably not fair because these are extremely popular properties but they they seemingly don't have quite the same level of fandom so they probably get discounted a bit so they're probably underrated honestly in that regard because there's really never been a I mean, there's been big action franchises, but they never get as much credit as some of the sci-fi and fantasy stuff. So it's kind of a weird space to live in. But I think they've actually, I mean, correct if I'm wrong here, Thunder's Wizard, but I love the Terminator movies, but they haven't made nearly as much money as the Fast movies. Not even close. And you know Which what? is kind I of crazy to think. Yeah, I wasn't even really thinking about Star Wars when I was doing that. I was thinking more like, 
what I would consider, I guess, action. And I guess superhero movies are action. But yeah, Star Wars would clearly be my favorite. And yeah, Indiana yeah. Jones too. But yeah, but I mean, those, but again, those are smaller. They're three films, really. I mean, you, don't, you can kind of look at Star Wars and well, different nine segments. Now, yeah. You know, well, and, and but there's only three Indiana Jones movies. But the tough thing is about Star Wars, <laughs> it falls in. The tough thing about Star Wars is it falls in the same MCU camp where there's so many minor spinoffs and whatnot that at what point are you like, all right, this is overwhelming. Like, I'm a fan, but holy shit. Well, I'm just saying the action movies in general, because when we talk about these franchises, as, as Thunderous Wizard just pointed out, I mean, we don't talk about Rambo the same way we talk about Star Wars. We don't talk about the Terminator movies the same way we talk about Indiana Jones. But they are franchises. Well, yeah. Um, and what's, what's actually funny is what you mentioned. <laughs> What you mentioned there, Chumzilla, MCU, Star Wars, Indie, Lord of the Rings, and Harry, I want to say are almost one through five. And then bouncing between six and seven is this. Like this always comes in somewhere between the sixth and seventh highest grossing franchise in yeah. history. And what I'm trying to say, I guess, is I'm not a fan, but I think they deserve a seat at the table with the rest of their franchise family. Drink. Well, I also, yeah. I also think you know, uh, know because your these audience. guys, are, they're a huge phenomenon. I mean, they make a ton of money. They're popular worldwide, and they're pretty entertaining movies. I think the biggest hindrance is probably the lore. They don't, they, they definitely have a lore, and there's character development, and there's some very like you know standard movie like elements to the character uh, conflicts and whatnot. They just don't have that same lore that some of the other properties have. Like, there's not a uh, aside from the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff, right? There's not really like a uh, uh, fast EU, right? Well, they don't have no, like novelizations but, and all that kind of crap. But that's not that's not, that's not what you do with this type of property. I'm just yeah, saying. that that's also nice to not see. You know, like don't yeah. use like we don't need a Letty spinoff. We don't need a Jordana Brewster spinoff. Like let these just me smash them up popcorn movies, and they that's what they need to be. Make them come out like every two to three years, and yep. give the fans what they want, which is more and more ridiculous stunts and the more practical you make them even better yeah totally and there is you know there's a universal studios right about this and this franchise like even though it you know you don't quite associate with stuff like rocky or or things that like it's it's held up remarkably well compared to like pirates of the caribbean for example or the new jurassic park movies which the second jurassic world was like pretty much unwatchable so it's doing for an original IP that was basically just uh, point break with cars. I'm shocked it it made it this yeah. far and has evolved yeah. this much and, as ridiculous as it is. And it's point break with cars that stumbled out of the block with its first two sequels. Um, I was listening to NPR and they were, they had a round table discussion. Uh, some segment of some show that I, I can't recall the name of. I'm so sorry. Cause it was, it was really good. And they had a bunch of like, uh, uh, you know, media journalists and like movie reviewers. They were, you know, talking about this movie and this series in general. And apparently, there is a guy that won a Pulitzer Prize. And I meant to Google this before the pod, but but I didn't. Life got in the way. That's how lazy and or busy I am. But a guy did win a Pulitzer Prize for his review of uh, Fast Five, and basically he commented on how this movie and this franchise is so inclusive when it comes to race. And the representation of race and people of color on film, because it's not really a factor in these movies. You just have these people together of all these different ethnicities and backgrounds, and they come together like a family and they're all accepted. And it's like a very progressive way, like a post-race way of looking at things. 
and that, that actually has some of the best representation of any major Hollywood franchise. You know, minus Paul Walker, there's not like a, like a, a strong Caucasian lead in this, um, uh, you know, aside from like, you know, the side characters and, and Theron's, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Breathe or something. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Psycho Mantis. And then you get, uh, and you get John Cena showing up. And uh, they're just like, this is your interest. These are major billion dollar movies, and they don't have some, you know, Bruce Campbell looking motherfucker as the lead. So that's, it's a pretty interesting franchise in that regard. It really has, a, it deserves its spot with the other, you know, big movie franchises that are making billions of dollars. So, I mean, I had one or two here, but, I, and we've mentioned it before, right now they're tentatively scheduled to do two more. Do you think they do two? Do you think they just keep going until they start losing box office or it gets to a point where people are like, all right, you got to stop. This is completely they, stupid. They said, it, or Vin has said it's coming to a natural end with 11 and they're shooting them back to back. That's what I know now, but you know what? Money... Often. Well, that's what he also said back, that so. apparently about seven. Seven was seven is so insane that it was supposed to be two movies that he wanted to do back to back, and then they were like, "No, fuck it, we're gonna make it all into one movie." Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I assume they'll be done. I mean, he is gonna be old, and unless you had like someone natural to pass the series onto, which they don't, because no, they really he don't. Is, you know, he's the star. Like maybe in twenty years, they have his kid. The one he makes hide under <laughs> under the bar. Well, and this is one Come of those back. franchises like it. It makes a sense to let it end naturally. And if there's one or two random spinoffs, like a new Han movie, or um, oh, that's what we forgot to mention earlier. At the it, there is an end credit scene in this where it is uh, what's his face? It's Jason Statham, and he's hitting a punching bag, and you start to realize that the punching bag is moving, and he zips it open. Someone falls out. They don't. Um, and obviously shit i should have done a spoiler alert um it's a person and then there's a knock on the door he goes and opens it and it's han and if you link back statham apparently killed han in the earlier movies so they're already possibly building a side movie of statham and han since they just did Hobbs and shaw so that's a possibility but i think this yeah i think you have to let it They've done everything they can do, especially with Diesel and getting up in his age. Like you gotta kind of bring it to a conclusion where everyone's happy and you just don't leg this thing out where it becomes a total shark jumper and everyone's like, well, they should have done, they should have quit several movies ago. I could personally see uh, Vin Diesel wanting his <clears throat> Robert Denny Jr. moment where he gets to die heroically. And like gets to have his big on-screen death. I can see that too. Um, and 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 you know have his endgame moment basically, and kind of bring his uh, time in the franchise to the to an end. And I could see you know The Rock and Statham and Cena going on and try to keep it going for a couple more movies and spinoff form. And I can guarantee you, Vin Diesel is going to be there to financially back it as a producer because those are going to make money. They might not be great movies. But he's no dummy. He might bow out, you know, and Dom might pass on it. But I bet you Diesel keeps his, uh, you know, his money in it to try to crank some money on this franchise. Well, you mentioned it, and T Dubs can chime in more. The Rock isn't currently interested because of the strife from what was it, seven or eight? Eight is when they shot zero actual scenes together. Every scene they're in together, they did not film together. That's why that movie feels so weird. 
a lot of and times. it's not even it's not just him apparently Tyree said for fast nine that if uh if the rock was tied to it he would not come back he got pissed about the rock uh doing Hobbs and Shaw you know I think if you're going to end this series then at some point the rocks character does have to come back and they got to you know bury the the beef on screen i guess according to j-man from the double turn it's they buried it in real life but i don't know you know yeah, you, I mean, you know who really knows but they clearly don't like each other so well i mean and also the i mean there is no there are no bumper pool rails on the writing room on this whatever they can think up and try to make happen with these actors they could make it happen so having the rock come back and having them have some sort of on-screen hatchet bearing session isn't out of uh, the realm of possibilities. And then we can get the crossover we all want, which is Bloodshot murdering Black Adam <laughs> in Jurassic Park. In the Jurassic origi- Park, in the original Jurassic Park with the Bloodshot riding a uh, Triceratops murdering Black Adam. <laughs> all right. So this one, the, the next rundown is going to be a little tough for Chumpy, but I kind of want to go over it with T Dubs. What in your mind, and I'm, I have a list, I think there's 10 here, is the most ridiculous stunt they've ever done. So obviously they went to space in this one. Um, Fast Five, they dragged that giant bank safe around the city, just smashing it Incredible. into shit. Incredible. <laughs> uh, in, in Too Fast, Too Furious, they launched a car onto a yacht. Um, Fast Six, they drove uh, the car through the... Well, they had the whole... Um, airplane fight, scene oh, yeah. but they drove the car through the nose of the plane i think this is probably your favorite and you mentioned the other one but in hobbs and shaw the rock actually fights a helicopter <laughs> yeah you think this movie's ridiculous fast nine watch hobbs and shaw where the rock and jason statham literally fight as idris Elba calls himself black superman and uh he's indestructible so is the rock because he outmuscles a helicopter while holding on to a jeep yeah, he's on a car fighting a helicopter and essentially in rock form wrestles it. <laughs> yeah, like um, this one's a little tough to explain. You might remember T Dubs in Fast Six, where they have the human catapult where they crash the car and jump off it at the same time to, uh, I think it's to save Letty. Um, Fast Seven, oh, yeah. where they, Fast oh, Seven, yeah. where they jump the uh, cars between the skyscrapers. <laughs> Uh, Fast Eight, where Dom essentially fights a submarine trying to come yeah. out of ice. <laughs> so I'm gonna—I I know right off the bat which is the most. Right, I got one more. Scene. I got one more, real oh. quick. One more, and then <laughs> okay. Fast Seven, where I think the movie opens with them actually skydiving cars, where the cars yes, all fall does. out of the giant plane and uh, parachute down, and then yeah. they hit the ground running somehow. <laughs> yep, that is in Fast Seven. Uh, of course, Fast Five has the incredible fall off the uh, the bridge when they're doing the the train heist you gotta i mean that movie's insane chump so you have to watch it it's so good uh mine is clearly when dom fights the submarine this is a nuclear submarine by the way (laughs) and it blows up and they save dom by creating a wall of of sports cars that's (laughs) that's how they save him (laughs) from the blast I'm going to die. Still better than the fridge from that Indiana Jones movie that does not exist. Oh, yeah. It's definitely better than the fridge. Uh, from uh, I forgot, about the, sure I forgot about the wall of sports cars. <laughs> are you sure that's Indiana Jones or is that regarding Henry? 
<laughs> that's regarding Henry too. Regard yeah. harder. Yeah. Where he um, he loses his memory when he gets a concussion riding yep, in a and, fridge. Yep. And he, and he, and he thinks that his, uh, his daughter's a kid named Mutt. Um, yeah. Regarding Henry. That's a, that's a deep pull there. I have seen that movie. All right. In Chumpzilla's opinion, the most ridiculous scene from the franchise is from fast seven. Now I haven't seen the movie, um, but I am familiar with the scene because it is so iconic. <clears throat> Everybody has seen that shot of the cars going between the skyscrapers. I think it was probably on the poster. It was in tons of promotional material and in a movie full of ridiculous stunts. I think that one's probably become the most iconic and the one that a lot of people recognize. And it just seems so insane at the time. Like, dude, they're jumping cars between buildings. And uh, it was like crazy yet somewhat believable at the same time. So I'm just going to pick it because again, it's ubiquitous with the franchise. That it is. And it also is, I mean, in the time since like it's gotten demonstrably more insane but that stunt just felt like when i was watching i was like no frigging way you know you could say that for almost everything that happens in these movies but i particularly remember that scene like no come on but it's so cool and that's again that's the hallmark of these movies like yeah it's a little ridiculous it's not believable but it looked pretty freaking cool All right, then that will bring us to tonight's trivia challenge, which is family trivia drink. Uh, and let's get right into it. Chime in with whatever ridiculous phrase you want. Um, we have our normal standards, but I'm sure there's a bunch from this movie that you could pick out of your ass. Uh, the winner will get a replica Toretto family chain that comes along with all the family drama that one would expect. You guys ready? Oh, I need that chain. <laughs> it's a big giveaway. Uh, Question number one. How old is the Fast franchise? A, 19 years old. B, 20 years old. C, 21 years old. Or D, 22 years old. I showed you mercy. <laughs> Damn it. T-dubs. Uh, 20. That is correct. It is 20 years old. This movie actually came out almost fairly close to the original release date. Um, that was 2001, but... I tried. I think they tried to line them up to be uh, kind of kismet, if you will. So we touched on this earlier. Vin Diesel was not in Too Fast, Too Furious. Why? Was it A, fighting with the director? Was it B, he was busy filming Triple X? I live for this shit. Was it C, money? Or was it D, he was busy filming uh, Riddick? I'm just going to go with a different Vin Diesel quote. The things I'm going to do for my country. Yeah, you're allowed to do any diesel quote you want. <laughs> uh, it was money. That is incorrect. Oh. Chumpy, do you need him reread to you? No, no. Um, I live my life one quarter mile at a time. Uh, I believe it was for Triple X. It was. It was he was filming Triple X. I my understanding was I don't think he was sold on the potential for a franchise with the fast and furious so he decided to go with the triple x instead yeah um but then he did the same thing with triple x because then ice cube stepped in after he bolted from that true but there is some bonus questions here that flush out some more detail um what did diesel negotiate into his return into this series do you know that i would guess points on the back end no, he actually uh, negotiated he would come back in that, um, what T-Dubs mentioned, that teaser at the end of Tokyo Drift for the rights for the Riddick franchise. 
No kidding. Yeah. And he rebooted that, and that movie was awesome. I was going to say a lifetime supply of Corona, but he's already I mean, got that. He got that from the first movie, bro. Um, okay. Bonus question number two Do you know how much he turned down for Too Fast? 20 million. That is incorrect. Uh, I'm going to say 15. 25 million. Whoa. 25 smokes. 25 for a second movie. <laughs> wait. Wait, so wait, but what, what was he offered to do Triple X then? I don't know, but he didn't think this was going much anywhere. That's why he did Triple X. But <laughs> wow, the, okay. other, the other great thing is that Universal wasn't sure they could get him back. So they actually wrote two scripts of that film, one with him and one without him, just in case. <laughs> and then when he said no, they already had the backup script ready. So, so here's my argument. That movie's clearly better with Vin Diesel. But if Vin Diesel shows up, then we don't get Tedge as a character who's pretty, I mean, he's, he's great for the films. He's great after that. Like he's comic relief. You need a guy like him. He's a perfect comic relief. And actually that leads me into my next question. Hold on. Stop. Stop. Hold on. I got a joke. Uh, Fun fact, Mary McCheese, Thunder's Wizard. Do you know what happened to the Vin Diesel version of the Too Fast, Too Furious script? They oh, must God. have turned it into a different movie. So they reworked it, sold it to Disney. They recast Dom's role with Owen Wilson, and it became Cars. Wow. 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 That's a fact. Wow. That's a fact. Oh, wow. 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 Uh, no, back to, back to T Dub's point about Trej. Uh, and is that how you say it? I always screw it up. Is that right? Tej. Trej? Tej. T E. Tej. Tej. Like if you mispronounce Pez, Pej, Tej. Tej, okay, now I got it. Um, obviously, like you said, Too Fast introduced his character. Who was also considered for that role? Was it A, Redman? Was it B, Little Bow Wow? Was it C, Ja Rule? Or was it D, Michael Rappaport? I'm going to shoot. <laughs> Jumpzilla. It's got to be Ja Rule. It is not Ja Rule. Oh. T-dubs? I used to live my life a quarter at a t- mile at a time. You don't. You don't have to chime in. What do you? What do you got? <laughs> I, I just want to do the quote. But things have changed. I'm a father now. Uh, Michael Rappaport. No, just kidding. Uh, what were the other ones? It's A. Redman, B. Little Bow Wow, or D. Michael Rappaport. Oh, Redman. It was Redman. Chumpzilla. I am wow. disappointed in you. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in myself. But Good. I did see a cool interview on local TV back in the ATL where they were interviewing Ludacris about doing that movie. And he was just so stoked that they had called him. Like he was just, it was out of the blue. They reached out to him and they were like, Hey, do you want to do this movie? He's like, hell yeah. I, I have no idea what I'm doing, but sure. I'm going to try. And he just said it was just the coolest experience in his life. And he had a blast doing it. Too fast. Worst movie, but very important. Two great characters come back from that movie. Not Cole Hauser, unfortunately. <laughs> God. Uh, all right, next question. As we're talking about the smash em ups, how many cars approximately were destroyed in making Fast Six, Fast and the Furious Six? A, 200, B, 300, C, 400, or D, just a measly 100? Mm, let's see. Family. Uh, T dubs? 300 cars. It is correct. Wow. 300 cars. Now, for a bonus point, 
How many actual operable tanks were also destroyed in the making of the movie? Okay, let me uh, five. I'm going five. Five tanks. Five. Mm, two. No, not correct. Jumpy, do you want to try to steal a point? I'm going to go with three. Oh, so close. It was two. They destroyed two actual tanks in the yeah. filming of Fast Six. <laughs> How many tanks nice. does that make, Dom? It's a baker's dozen, Bob. <laughs> All right, T-Dubs, you pretty much are run away with this because there's only one question left. But I think you guys will like this question. The original working title for the original Fast and the Furious was owned by Roger Corman. What was the title? Is it A, The Trip, B, Death Race, C, Street Machines, or D, Redline? Oh, it's got to be Redline. You got to chime in. Uh shit Letty, hold on uh, i'm sure he said that at some point in the movie yeah. it, is, it is red line yeah oh really yep and i was i was gonna go with death race they did make a death race with i think jason statham that's the new one death race they yeah, there's it. a 70s death race, and hold on, there's there's a sequel to Death Race. And I think it was Death Race 2009. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, and, and, no, but there, there, no, but there was a 70s sequel as well uh, that I, I'm going to recommend tonight because it is it is like a proto Fast and the Furious movie, so that fits in very well. It, it's T Corman, it's a Corman produced movie as well. Yeah, T Dubs, so, you've 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 won this clear out, and you get your Toretto chain. But do you know what Corman traded the rights to that title for? I mean, at this point, it's got to be the lifetime supply of Corona, right? <laughs> he traded for just some general stock footage that was owned by Universal. Always the deal maker, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like he should have held out for some more there. He wanted that extra chopping mall footage back. Yeah. Wow. All right. That wow. concludes our trivia. Wow. That concludes the trivia challenge. T-Dubs now has the Toretto family chain and somewhere in the next week or so he's going to have a long lost brother he never knew about try to steal some shit from him which should be fun to hear about on the next podcast. Uh, going into that our recommendations are mine this week is I don't totally have one other than I think you should all go listen to some music by Biz Marquis. Uh, Biz passed away last week and that dude seemed like he was legit one of the good ones so pour one out for Biz and go listen to uh, any of his music. Uh, what about you, Chompy? Well, hey, fun fact on Biz Marquis. Um, at some point in like the late 90s to early aughts, because uh, if you don't know, he's from Seattle, he started uh, making music with the guys from the Presidents of the United States of America. I you know, the, 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 the lump guys. Yeah, Beaches. Yeah, apparently those guys became friends. They started making some music together. I don't think it ever like went anywhere, but yeah, those guys uh, had a fun jamming out together. So Rip Bismarcky. Yeah, so to stick on that Corman uh, connection, I'm going to recommend checking out 1978's Death Sport, which was a spiritual sequel to Death Race. Um, it stars uh, a extremely stoned uh, David Carradine, uh, who actually got into a fist fight with the director because the director was kind of being a creep to one of the young actresses in the film, uh, Claudia Jennings sadly passed away like right after it released in a car accident um it so it had a bit of a troubled production but it's basically like star wars with like motorcycles that have some sort of like 
demolition derby to the death thing it is like the weirdest goddamn movie i've ever seen <laughs> it used to be on amazon prime you can find it for free on tubi now it's like one of the worst movies of all time i would love to do it on the pod it is just roger corman produced weirdness to the max again starring a very stoned david carradine so just the david carradine yeah well apparently he had some really good pot for this one nice. um yeah i don't and again like it's like a post-apocalyptic star wars movie so there's lots of guys in moin costs swinging around crystal swords yeah why the fuck not the much like in crawl spark for no reason it's awesome you should have recommended that for fantasy month and we wouldn't have to do uh I, what's his face's movie you know i honestly think this movie might induce brain damage so it's it's a risky watch it already sounds better than legend <laughs> hey but no tim curry you know i'm just saying oh we'll just have like a five minute segment at the end of that one talking about how cool tim curry is and then we get to watch a different movie yeah fair dubs what do you got uh so my recommendation is the well, i guess this is a franchise it's the fear street trilogy on netflix they're all out now i've watched them all 1994, 1978, 1666. I think the middle chapter, 1978, is my favorite because I'm a huge fan of slasher films and it's a nice homage to that. Obviously, Fear Street's based on some R.L. Stein books. The movies are much more adult than that. I think you'll like them. Uh, plus, they're all available on Netflix now. They came out like three weeks straight every Friday and they were awesome. I enjoyed the heck out of them. Uh, great soundtracks for the first two. Very timely, appropriate music. Kind of takes you back, being a child of the 90s and 94 with some of the needle drops in that one. Uh, but yeah, I think you'll like them. And also, I recommend seeing F9 if you can on the big screen because nobody does car stunts quite like the folks who are doing these movies. They're incredible. Uh, definitely worth seeing on a big screen. Talking about mid-summer uh, horror releases, did you see the trailer or have you watched, because it literally just came out on Netflix like five days ago, the, I think it's an Italian horror movie called A Classic Horror Story. It looks like an Italian Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I I haven't watched the trailer for it, but somebody on Twitter was saying it was super boring. And then I said, well, watch Fear Street. So I don't know if it's actually boring or it's just slow, but I'll have to watch the trailer. Yeah, I, uh, I'm backlogged on all these things, so I have to watch all them horror movies yeah anyways thank you again everyone for joining us for the 118th episode of hops and boff office flops thanks again for corona for making corona because why not um and they make family family uh again like we mentioned before if you would please be so kind to leave us a review or a suggestion we're always looking for new episodes to do where are we going to next t-dubs what's on the schedule so coming up next, we're done with fantasy flops now. And we are on to Hops and Bruno flops, which is, if you're familiar with Bruce Willis's lone uh, music album, The Return of Bruno. Oh, God, <laughs> I forgot about that. Bruce Willis movies, starting with the just disheartening and utterly terrible A Good Day to Die Hard. And I will host that, and I will make fun of it mercilessly. Wait, Thunderous Wizard, is that the one with Shia LaBeouf? Uh, I can only assume you mean the Mac guy, and no. <laughs> Justin Long <laughs> is not in this one. That one's actually good. This is the one with Captain Boomerang being oh, charismatic. Kai Jordy. Jai Courtney, yes. <laughs> Kai <laughs> Jorts. Jort, Jort Courtney. Jimmy Jorts. 
Wait, which is what happens? I know I've seen them all. What happens in this uh, one? Is that John, the one where they're constantly in the trailer or the ATV or not 18 wheeler? That might be part of it. Uh, I all I know is uh, he goes to Russia. Uh, the bad guy is like non-existent, and they also go to Chernobyl with like no protective gear on whatsoever and just go around diving into water. So. <laughs> The sad the, the sad fact is is that what you just described would actually work for a fast movie. <laughs> well, put it this way: I have way more faith in Dom surviving radiation infested territory than I do Bruce Willis. Who, I mean, then again, maybe it like did something to his brain, and that's why he just sleepwalks through every movie now. He just yeah. shows up and like, oh, it's Bruce Willis, and he looks pissed. <laughs> he looks super super pissed. What other Bruce Willis movies are we doing? I know we have some of them plotted out. What are the uh, What are the other three or four? Hudson Hawk. Yes. Cop Out. Cop Out. And you need to choose a movie. And oh, believe okay. me, there are many to choose from. Yeah. So I think I've got an idea for a new Dom Toretto franchise. He just shows up in random like sequels of like struggling action franchises. Yeah, and just totally, don't need don't need to hear more. I'm done. I'm good. And totally outshines the stars. Like he shows up in another Die Hard movie, and he just like solves all the problems and turns to Bruce Willis and be like, "What? It just takes the power of family." Cut the check. Let's go. Yeah, it's a, yeah. <laughs> Let's make it happen. He's there to be, he's there to print money, not spend a lot of time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So forget Bloodshot. Show him to make movies better. We're going to have Dom Toretto show up to make it. I can see it now. yippee ki mother family. <laughs> Drink. What's the, what's the Bruce Willis movie where he's an old-timey, like, Western gangster? Uh, Last Man Standing. Also remade into a Tim Allen show. A little bit different, the plot. but. <laughs> Do you think that Dom Toretto, Dom Toretto, sorry, can show up there and, like, get a Ford Model T100 or whatever and he soup can. that shit up? And then just drive through town. <laughs> he comes in on a mechanical horse. <laughs> it's got fucking jet engines With sticking Nas, out yeah. the asshole. <laughs> Too soon, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Anyways, you can always find the pod on all your social medias at Hops and Bo Flops. You can find me on Twitter at HBF McCheese. You can find T Dubs at Writer TLK, and you can find Chumpzilla at Chumpzilla Eight on Twitter. When Cash is here, he is at CPTA. Blah, whatever. Uh, we will see you all again in a week for Bruce Willis eating cheeseburgers. No, wait, that was, uh, what's his face? Hasselhoff. No, yeah, it was Hasselhoff. Anyways, we're doing <laughs> Bruce Willis. We'll see you in a month. Same guy. <laughs> the return of Bruno. Oh, God. <laughs>